We have a double Parsha this week, Vayakel and Pekude together, so it's special, always special. We have a uh, very, very interesting beginning of the Parsha. Meshur Abenu, after the Chet HaEgel, Meshur Abenu gathers Klal Yisrael, it's the day after Yom Kippur, Rashi says, and Klal Yisrael is told, these are the things that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants you to know, and we're expecting a very big chiddush from the Rebbeinu Shalom. And he says, Sheishes yamim teyasem melacha, you should do melacha for six days. Uvayayim hashvi'i yielachem kaidesh, Shabbos shabbasan Hashem. And on the seventh day should be holy, it should be Shabbos to Hashem. If you do melacha, uh, you will die. And if you burn any um, fire in your dwellings, um, that's prohibited. That's the Chiddush that we were gathered to hear from Meish Rabbeinu after Yom Kippur. Thought he would give us a Yom Kippur, you know, a Ne'ilah drasha or something, or something to go into Sukkot with, nice Shtikol a nice Lamda, something. And he tells us something that we know already. How many times do we have to hear this about Sheish Yam? Already from the beginning of the Torah, we know about Shabbos. And then the Aseris HaDibris is Zachar Siyam HaShabbos L'Kadshay Sheshit Siyam Tavay, the same thing. Last week we had V'Shamr B'nei Yisrael HaShabbos. We know about Shabbos HaShem. We had a lot of education already about Shabbos. And now Klai Yisrael gets gathered together. Vayakel Meisha, they're expecting a very big drasha, something new. And Sheshit Siyam Tehasa Malacha. Again, Nacham all about Shabbos. What's going on here? So there's a sefer that I saw by the name of She'eris Yaakov. And the She'eris Yaakov says a beautiful chiddush. The She'eris Yaakov says that this took place, this whole kihila, this gathering took place when? It took place after the Chet like we said. After the Chet Ha'egel, Chet was Avedizarah. Klai Yisrael worshipped Avedi Zarah, obviously it was primarily the Erev Rav, the 3,000 people that died were the Erev They were the real ones that were Avid, you know, with all of their Geshmat. But Klai Yisrael was definitely affected. They were influenced by this. And so Klai Yisrael also, by extension, were considered to have been in violation of Avedi in whatever Bechina that is. And the Gemara says in Shabbos, Kuf Ches, Kal HaMishamer, Shabbos, Kehilchesa. Whoever keeps Shabbos according to its halacha, you keep Shabbos properly. Afilu Eved Avedizar Kedar Enosh. Even if you are somebody who is Eved Avedizar, you are an idol worshiper, like the Dar of Enosh. Who is the Dar of Enosh? Enosh lived... He's mentioned in Sefer Bereshis, in Parshas Bereshis, one of the couple of diarists after Adam Rishain, he introduced to the world Avedezara, and his generation started getting into Avedezara. We'll discuss that later. But this is the Dar Enish, who is considered to be a very, very bad generation in terms of Avedezara, at least. And so if you're even that bad a violator of Avedezara, it doesn't matter. If you keep Shabbos kehilchasav, if you keep Shabbos properly, then says the Gemara. 
you're going to get mechila. You will be forgiven for even this grave violation of Avedizara, one of the Gimel Chamures, one of the three cardinal sins. But if you keep Shabbos, Shabbos has the ability to give you mechila, to find you atonement, even for the great sin of Avedizara, even if you are mechalalit like the generation of the Dar Enish. That violation, that grave violation of the Daranesh, that too you will find Mechila from your Avera uh, through the keeping of Shabbos properly. Kilchasa. Says the Sheiris Yaakov, now we understand why it was so important when Moshe Rabbeinu gathers Klal Yisrael after Yom Kippur, they just got Mechila on their Averas. Now they're getting set to build a, base on, to build a Mishkan. But before you do all that, says Meshur Rabbeinu, we have to have a refresher course about Shabbos. Yeah, you might have been told about Shabbos by, by Parshas Bereshis, by Aseris Adibris. Last week's Parsha and Parshas Kisisa, we told you about Shabbos, but apparently you need a refresher course because now you're keeping Shabbos is going to serve you a new, in a new way, a new dimension of keeping Shabbos. Besides for all the other wonderful benefits that accrue to somebody that keeps Shabbos, but you're going to get mechila for the chetaego. You're in need right now of atonement for the sin of Avedizara that happened because of the ego. Keep Shabbos. Keep Shabbos properly. And by doing so, that's where you're going to find the ability to have mechila for your averus. When I learned in, in Eretz Yisrael, in Yeshiva's Kol Taira, I had the great tzchus of being in the shir of Reb Shlem in Ayerbach. And I've described it many times, I'm sure you've heard me speak about it. One time Reb Shlem in shir uh, was giving, started going into drush a little bit, and he said the following shot on a Zemer Shabbos. One of the Zemer Shabbos that we will sing it tonight in Mirza Hashem and call Makadi Shavi. Very strange charuz, very strange uh, paragraph in this uh, Zemer. It says like this Meshaych chastacha liyaydecha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we ask you to extend chesed, to give your chesed generously, liberally, li'aydecha, to those that know you, meaning Klal Yisrael, those that know you, they love you. And how do we describe Hashem? Kalkanai v'naikim, you vengeful God, we want you to give chesed to those that know you. To those that know you, they love you, Klal Yisrael, give chesed. How do we describe HaKadosh Baruch Hu here? And then it continues, Those that keep Shabbos, Those that keep Shabbos, the positives of Shabbos, the assays, the lois assays, they're keeping them, we want you to give chesed. So Shalem Zalman asked the obvious question. Why are you describing HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a Kalkane v'naikim? You're asking him to do chesed. Imagine if you go to a... Uh, I don't know, you have a, uh, you go to the, the king and you say, King, I need a favor from you. I need you to do chesed with me. Please, you have to do chesed. You're, a, you're such a king that's so wrathful. You're so um, vengeful. You have to do chesed with me. He's like, why is he describing me as vengeful? <laughs> he wants chesed. So describe me as what? 
I'm a Racha Machanan, I'm a merciful king, so ask me for Chesed. You don't ask me for the opposite of Chesed. Kanev and Naikim is somebody that, like, he destroys things, he carpet bombs, he's very angry. Yeah, so that's the way, that's the, that's the best description that the Zemmer could describe the Abish with when you're asking, you're asking, Kalkanev and Naikim. Crazy. So Rabbi Shlomo Zalman says as follows. So he says a beautiful pshat. He says like this. If you look in the Shira in Az Yashir, it says, Hashem ish melchama, Hashem shemai. Hashem is a man of war. Hashem is his name. So Rashi says, what does that mean? He says, unlike Midas Basavadam, unlike other mortal kings, Melech Basavadam, when they're busy with war, they're not busy with giving out uh, chesed liberally. They're not, they can't do both. They can't multitask. When they're engaged in war, they do war. They're all engaged in war. And when they're doing chesed, they're engaged in chesed. But they can't do both. It's very hard for a king to be at the same time in war, and, um, war mode and also in chesed mode. But Hashem is different. Hashem is an ish melchama. Even when he's doing melchama, Hashem shemai, meaning he has the shame of Yudke vavke, he's rachamim. He's able to be both at the same time. Unlike a human, we have to, if, I'm, if I'm angry about something, I'm full angry. Don't come to me for tzedakah when I'm angry. Or when I'm giving chesed with somebody, don't, don't start coming and trying to make me angry. It has to, I have to be different. It has to be, there has to be a line of demarcation between... By HaKadosh Baruch it all blends together seamlessly. He's a... He's a... Ish um, Melchama. He's war... Even when he's engaged in war, he's still able to do chesed with the world. Imagine if when HaKadosh Baruch was busy with war, he would stop doing chesed. Nobody would be able to eat... Nobody will be able to be healed. Nobody will be able to, uh, to get what they need. Their tefillahs wouldn't be, Hashem is in war mode. You can't ask him. At, no. Hashem is everything. Unlike human beings. So says Rabbi Shalem Zalman, this is what the Zemmer is telling us. The Zemmer is giving, you're right, it could have said, please do chesed with those that know you, you're a god, but that's not a chiddush, of course. If you're so it's not a chap that you could do chesed. That's your, that's your specialty. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're adding like another layer of Shevach to the Rabbanu Shalom. That even when you're a Kalkanav and Nike, even when, when you're vengeful, you're still able to do chesed. Meaning, right now you might be engaged in war in, uh, in Russia and Ukraine and this and that. But at the same time, you're able to do chesed. So, Meshach Chesed give chesed to those that know you, Kalkanav and Nike, even... It's not because you are, but even when you're a Kalkanim and Naikim, you're still able to be so great, like sui generis in the world. You're able to be unique in that you're able to do chesed even when you're a Kalkanim and Naikim. So I love the pshat. I thought of a different pshat. And one time I was, I think it was on Yantif, I was, I walked up Shlomo Zalman home from his shul in Shari Chesed, the Grosh shul, to his house, and I asked him for Rishos to tell him another pshat in his, in, in the, on the Zemmer. He says, yeah. So I said the following. The Rambam says, it's quoted by the Ramban, the Rambam in Marinabuchim says that whenever it says in the Torah, a lashon of Kalkane v'naikim, I think somebody in Yeshiva just asked me recently, maybe he's in this room, what does it mean Hashem is a Kalkane v'naikim? He's angry. Is that, I thought we're not allowed to be angry. 
We're not supposed to be vengeful. We're not supposed to take Nakama. So you're, you're, that's a Shevach for the Rabbi Shalom, that he is a Kalkane Vinaikim. He's a vengeful. He takes revenge. He's angry, wrathful, whatever the, whatever the translation of Kalkane Vinaikim is. Is that, is that a thing that we consider a Shevach in Akadish Baruch, that he takes revenge? So the Ramam says, it doesn't mean that he takes revenge for everything. We get angry at everything. Somebody steps in my toe, take revenge against him. Somebody, you know, isn't nice to me, doesn't give me mafter yaina. I get angry at the Gabba, I get angry at the rabbi, I'm angry at everybody. That's, I'm taking revenge against everybody. No, the Rabbi takes revenge, but only for one Avera. Which Avera is that? That a Kashbach who's very angry, takes it very personally, Kaviyachal. That's the Avera of Avedezara. Avedah Zara gets HaKadosh Baruch Hu inflamed in anger and vengeance. He cannot tolerate when people, a Yid goes and he's Avedah Avedah Zara, a Yid goes who's supposed to believe in him and serve him and Hashem Echad, Ushmai Echad, and then he goes and he starts bowing down to Avedah Zara. So you take a Buddha statue or you take a crucifix or you take a this or a that and you're bowing down to these things, Eitzvah Evan, that makes HaKadosh Baruch Hu Go into Kalkana Venaike mode. That's what the Rambam says. Kalkana Venaike is always of a desire. So I wanted to say that this is what we're asking Akadish Baruchu. Meshay Chasachal Yedecha Kalkana Venaike. When you have to be a Kalkana Venaike, when you have to be angry at us, because we worshipped Avedah Zara, it doesn't mean always literally Avedah Zara that we have a ba- we have a statue in our dorm, and, you know, in our rooms, and we're and we're bowing to it every night, Chalila Bechas. But there's other forms of Avedah Zara that we could do. We'll talk about that later, Mitzvah Hashem. But there's there's other forms that you wouldn't even consider to be Avedah Zara. But they're Avedah Zara. Let me name it's maybe Abizrayad Avedah Zara. It's a it's a byproduct of Avedah Zara, but it's Avedah Zara nonetheless. Certain beliefs that we have, certain questions that we might have, certain um, different things that we are that we think about or that we do that are also bebuchinas avaydezara. So if we did any of those, and you're angry with us, and you want to take revenge against us, we're begging you, Akadish Baruch Hu, Mishay Chasachal We love you. Have Rachmanis on us. Give us Chesed, even though we might deserve your wrath because we're Eved Avaydezara and whatever bechina we are. But have mercy on us. Why? Why should HaKadosh Baruch have mercy on us? Because because we're, we're, we're Shemri Shabbos. In this chus that we're Shemri Shabbos, you have to give us mechila for Avedah Zara. Because that's the Gemara that we said in Shabbos Kof Yod Ches, called Meshamer Shabbos Kilchesa. If you keep Shabbos Ka'alacha, even if you're Avedah Avedah Zara Kedar Enesh, you get mechila. That's the Pshat in the Zemer. Give us mechila for your averse. Give us chesed, kalkana v'neikim. We're granted. We want to get out of it. We want you to give us chesed, to give us mechila, and to, and to forgive us, and to be on, back on your good side. How are we going to do that? One way. We keep Shabbos. The one mail that we do have, yes, we sin with avedizara, but we have the mail that we keep Shabbos. Shabbos, the Gemara promises us that if you keep Shabbos properly, HaKadosh Baruch will give you Mechila. So I told this Vart to Rabbi Zalman, and he was Nana. He, had on, he, he liked it a lot. He smiled. He enjoyed it. He said, he, he appreciated it. There was a great Rav in Hamburg. His name was Rebifral Hakayin of Hamburg. He wrote a Sefer 
on Lashon Hara, on Hilchas Lashon Hara. We always think the Chavetz Chaim was the first one to write a, a comprehensive work on Lashon Hara. It's not true. There was already somebody that preceded him a few hundred years ago by the name of Rabbi Fal, Hakain of Hamburg. Tremendous guy, tremendous Tamar Chacham. He was the Rav in, in Altona, in Hamburg, and he's buried in that famous cemetery where the Yaakov Emden, Rebbeinus and Eibeshetz, a lot of G'dayle Eilam were buried there. And he says on this Gemara about even if you're Eved Avedizar Kedar Enesh, you still get Mechila, what's so bad about the, the Dar of Enesh? Why are they like the poster children of, of Avedizar that even if you're that bad, you're still, you know, you still have to, uh, you still have to give us mechila through keeping Shabbos. So he says like this, beautiful pshat. If you look in the Rambam at the beginning of Hilchas Avedezara, he says, un- uncharacteristically, normally the Rambam is sort of just tells us halachas. Here he goes into an entire history lesson of the evolution of Avedezara. How did the world, how did we come from believing in the Rabbi Nisham, the Bari the Ailam, all of a sudden we started being into Avedezara, people started, billions of people today are Avedezara every single day. How did such a thing happen? He says like this, there was a man by the name of Enesh, and Enesh had good intentions. He started off with the best of intentions, as many things do. Many of the very, very evil movements of the world start with the best of intentions. One of these is Avedezara. What happened? Enesh had an idea. He says, listen. He says, I'm supposed to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I'm gr- granted there's a Rabbi Nisham in the world and I want to serve him, but I can't see him. Now, I know that there are bodies in the galaxies that I can see. And they also serve Hashem. So the sun, the moon, the stars, Jupiter, or everything, they all serve Hashem. I could see them. So let me start like sort of serving them and they in turn... They'll be my shliach to serve Hashem. It's like indirect, but at least I can identify with the sun. I could see the sun. I could see a moon. I can make a little, a little statue in my house of the sun, the moon. I'll worship Hashem, but through the sun. I'll make them the shliach. Then I'm not serving them. I'm serving Hashem, but through, like the conduit is the sun, the moon. I could see them. I could get into it. It'll be like an icon for me. I'll be able to, to, you know, to materialize what I you know, a, a servant of Hashem, and they in turn will, will get closer to the Rabbi Hashem and will, and will daven to him. But I'll daven indirectly to him through the sun. It wasn't a terrible plan. It, they meant well. It was obviously a wrong plan. They were very wrong for doing this, but this is their kavana. Eventually, says the Ramam, as the Dairis got further away from Enesh and his original plan, they stopped understanding that it was really to Hashem that they were davening through the sun, through the moon, and they started just davening to the sun and to the moon, and that was the end. They forgot about the Rebbe. They thought that the sun was a kayach b'fnei atzma. The sun was its own power. So if I worship the sun, that's it. I don't have, there's no God above the sun necessarily. I just can worship the sun. And that became, that's where Avedezara began, and from then, obviously, that's why we call on Avedezara an akum. What's a, an akum? Akum is avedis kaychavim umazalis. You're serving the kaychavim, the mazalis, because they, that's how it all started. They thought that they would serve these in between emtsayim, these, these, um, emissaries of Hashem, but it turns out they stopped doing that as an emissary. They started just worshiping the, these emtsayim themselves. And that was real avedizara. So what's so bad about energy? He had good intentions. Says Rebbe Frel Hakain Mihamburg that that's exactly the problem with Dar Enish. 
because since they had such good intentions, they didn't think anything was wrong. They thought that they were fine. They were really being a bit of a desire, but they didn't realize it. And because they were doing that, they didn't have a chance to do tshuva. See, sometimes it's much better, in a sense, to be amazed than a shaygeg. Amazed means I did something wrong. I know I did something wrong. I went into McDonald's and I ate a cheeseburger. I knew I was doing it. Sometimes you eat a you eat cheeseburger, you eat you know basavachalav unknowingly. You didn't know about it. You know, all of a sudden you see on the on the wrapper that there was really you know that it, you thought it was uh, you know this type of thing and really it was that type. It had milk eggs in it. Yeah, it was inadvertent. A shaygeg, when things are shaygeg, I don't take it seriously so much. I don't, that's a shaygeg. Nope. I didn't mean it. It was unintentional. It's not a chiv this. It's not a chiv skilo. It's just, it's shaygeg. When you have a shaygeg, you don't do tshuva so much. Mezid, you, do, you know you did something wrong. They feel terrible. I did something against you. When you do something with good intentions, it's not, it's, you know, it's, it, you don't do tshuva as well. And when it came to the Avedizara, to the Egel also, this is my edition, the Egel was also like that, by the way. The Egel was also something that Klai Yisrael didn't have bad intentions, per se. They thought Meish Rabbeinu wasn't here anymore, we don't know what happened to him, so we want to bring, uh, we want to start serving an Egel, but not the Egel itself, but as, again, as an Emtsai, but the only problem is that Hashem didn't command you to do that. That's what the Beis Levi says. It was a good idea, in theory, but the only problem was, God didn't tell you to do that. Hashem didn't want it. Says Rebbe Fahl HaKayim Hamburg, Therefore, what's the kapara? Kala Shemer Shabbos Kilchasa. You keep Shabbos. That's the kapara. Why is Shabbos a kapara? He says like this, Because if you keep Shabbos the way you think Shabbos is supposed to be kept, that's a problem. That's like more of a desire. Let's say I say, listen, I'm not learning any halachas of Shabbos. I don't know much about Shabbos. I, I want to keep Shabbos the way I feel Shabbos should be. I know a lot of people like this. How, is Shabbos a day of rest. So you know what I'm going to do all day? I'm going to sleep all day. I'm not going to even go to Minyan. Just wake up when I was, I'll, I'll wake up like a regular guy wakes up on a Sunday morning, you know, with the Sunday times delivered to your door and breakfast in bed and whatever. That's the, you know, that, that's what my, so Shabbos is a day of rest. I'll read newspapers all day, and I'll and I'll and I'll sleep a little bit late, and then I'll go have some chillin', have some schnapps, and then go back to sleep for a couple of hours or many hours, and I'll I'll shmooze lush and hard. That's that's the way I keep Shabbos. That's avodah That's not that's your Shabbos. That's your notion of Shabbos. That's not God's notion of Shabbos. You have to keep Shabbos kehilchasa, meaning you have to keep Shabbos the way Shabbos is intended to be kept. You have to learn on Shabbos with a Geshmak. You have to daven with a Geshmak. You have to eat properly with the right Suda, with the right Kavanas, with the right, with no Lashon Hara at the table. And you have to be able to have the right Kavanas going into Shabbos. Erev Shabbos, you have to prepare for Shabbos. You have to come to Shabbos early. You have to leave Shabbos a little later. You have to, you know, be sad when you're leaving Shabbos. You have to, and then you have to have, actually keep every halacha in Shabbos. It's very complicated, these Hilcha Shabbos. You have to know them. Uh, the, the Mishnaburah brings in his Akdama to Chelek Gimel, which is the Chelek dealing with Ulfa Shabbos. He brings from the Yaris Devash, famous line, three lines, Ukvar Heyid Banu Hagain Bal Urimitumim, Besifra Yaris Devash, Ki E. Efshar Klal Bimitsius. It's impossible, Shei Natsal Mi Isser Shabbos, to be spared from the Isser of Shabbos, Imlo Yilmud Kaladinim Albiriam, Heitev, Heitev. If you don't know Hilcha Shabbos, you're toast. You can't keep Shabbos unless you know Hilcha Shabbos. 
If you don't know Hilchas Bayer, you can't set the table on Shabbos because you don't know how to separate the knives from the forks. You don't know the proper way to, uh, to separate you know, the, uh, anything that you're doing. You don't know Hilchas Chita, so you can't, you can't make a tea if you want to have a lemon in it because you don't know how to do it. You can't, make, uh, you can't have a piece of salmon with lemon on it. You want to spritz the lemon on it. Are you allowed to? Are you not allowed to? What's the way to do it? What's the way not to do it? You don't know how to, how to take a cholin pot off of the fire, how to put it back on the fire, how to, you know, how to, well, you don't know how to do anything because you didn't know the halachas. Oh, but you don't need, you, you know, you were in yeshiva many, you don't need to, you have to know the halachas. If you don't keep, if you don't know the halachas, he says you're going to be Mechal Shabbos. It's impossible not to. How could you, unless you're sleeping in bed the whole, the whole Shabbos, you're going to be Mechal Shabbos. Every move that you make, you're going to go outside, you don't know the halachas of Erev, you don't know Haitzah, are you allowed to fold the towels on Shabbos after Davin? You're not allowed to. You're allowed to carry the towels home from Shul, or you're not allowed. You're allowed to push a baby carriage. And, you know, if you, have, if you don't have an Erev, there's a million halachas. Amir la'akum, are you allowed to send a FedEx package the day before Shabbos? To somebody, it's going to arrive on Shabbos. Are you allowed to drop a letter in the mailbox before Shabbos? If you, if you know that the, there's all, many Allah, you allowed to tell a guy to turn on the lights, to turn off a light, to to, to to put the air conditioner on, to put the heat on. To put the, there's a zillion halachas. How are you going to know that? You have to know Hilchas Shabbos the way Akedas Baruch wants to know Hilchas Shabbos. So if you're in violation of being Eved Avedizara, even Kedar Enish, who didn't know to do, they didn't. They thought everything was great. They thought they were doing fine. They didn't do tshuva. The best way to be to undermine that avodah mentality is by keeping Shabbos, but keeping Shabbos properly, kilchasa, according to the Shulchan Aruch, according to the Allah, the way you're supposed to, because that shows that I'm not being avodah. I'm not doing my own foreign worship, but rather I'm serving Hakadosh Baruch Hu kilchasa properly. And if you're able to do that, if you're able to do that, the reason why Shabbos is a, is a uh, kapara of all things for Avedizara, because Avedizara, basically, what is Avedizara? Avedizara is a lack of Amunah and Hashem. There's no bigger lack of Amunah Hashem than to serve some other god. So Shabbos is the antidote for that. If you want to get your Amunah back, you have to keep Shabbos, kilchas up properly with a geshmak, with a warm heart. My grandfather, the Wurzburger used to say that Shabbos keeping Shabbos with a warmth, with a passion, you love Shabbos, that's the way to, to thaw out the cold heart of a disbeliever. You have somebody that's a Mechal Shabbos, that means that he doesn't believe in Shabbos, he has a callous attitude, a cold-hearted attitude towards the Rabbani Shalom, towards Amuna. So how does he warm up? It's only one way to warm such a heart up, that's by keeping Shabbos. Keeping Shabbos properly. The stipler, Reb Chaim Kanievsky's father was a stipler guy. They were very different, by the way. The stipler was very serious. The stipler was, was Kulay Din. He was a Navardika. He was very, he was, he, if you ever see a picture of the stipler, he, he looks so afraid always. Like he's a mamish Yerushamayim on his face. You see the, the face of a, of a tremendous Yerushamayim. His son, the stipler, was obviously also tremendous. I mean, Reb Chaim was tremendous Yerushalayim, but he was always smiling. Very different, different uh, way, different Aveda, different Derech and Aveda. The stipler wrote the Kilis Yaakov full of lumdis, like very, you know, on, on the Masechtas, the Yeshiva Shemasechtas. Reb Chaim was very different. Reb Chaim, uh, you know, was broad. He knew 
Shas, also a new color cool, of course, but it was a very different. They had a different, that's a beautiful thing. They don't, you don't have to be a cookie cutter of your father. Your father has one mahalach, you can have a different mahalach. And they're, they're quite different in many different ways. They were very close as well. I'll tell you a quick story about Reb Chaim and his father. Um, they used to learn every day together, Reb Chaim and, and his father, the stipler. They had a seder together. So one day, in the, they had a seder, let's say in the afternoon, one morning, the stipler's daughter, Reb Chaim Kanievsky's sister, came in and she was schmoozing with, his, with her father, and she said that Chaim is sick. Now, she didn't mean Reb Chaim Kanievsky, her brother. She meant her son-in-law. She had a son-in-law, Chaim. She was talking about him. So she told, but she told the stipend that Chaim is sick. He automatically assumed that it was the son of Chaim. So as soon as Reb Chaim showed up to learn with his father, so the stipend said to him, what are you doing here? Go back and go, go home and go to sleep. And the stipend, Reb Chaim didn't understand why. He, was, he felt fine. Everything was good. He didn't know why his father was telling him. But the father said, the tata says to, do, to go home and go to sleep. He's, he's going to do it. Reb Chaim probably never slept in, during the day ever in his life. All of a sudden, the stipend says, so anyway, he goes, to, he goes home and goes into bed and, and, you know, goes to sleep. Father said, keep it up. That's what his father said to do. So Rebetzin Kanievsky, Reb Chaim's wife, comes home and you know, she just happens to go into the bedroom. She saw the unthinkable. She saw her husband sleeping in bed during the day. She says, Chaim, are you okay? What's going on with you? You know, you're sleeping during the day. What's going on? So he says, yeah, my father said I should go home and go to sleep. She says, did he say why you should do it? I said, no, but he said to do it. I should do it. She says, something's up here. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the stipler and ask him what. So he goes, she goes to the stipler. She said, why did you tell Chaim to go to sleep, to go home and go to sleep? She said, because he's sick. She said, no, he's not. Who told you he's sick? So he said, well, my daughter came to Chaim. She went to the daughter and uh, she said, no, it's my son-in-law, Chaim. He comes back to Stipler. says, it's not, it's not Chaim Kanievsky, it's Chaim whatever, the, your, you know, your, grand, your grandson-in-law. He says, oh, so then tell Chaim to come and learn with me. So he goes back to, she goes back to Chaim and says, explains the whole story, and then he goes and learns with his father. That was the, you know, you understand how Chaim was so mabatal himself, ka'afra da'ara to the Stipler. The Stipler was... The address of Das Tair, just like Reb Chaim was the address of Das Tair in twenty three Reshbam when he was alive, the Stipler Bechayev was the the place that call, the, the whole world went to for brachas and for Yeshuas and for Eitzes and for Adracha. And when they couldn't go to him directly, they would write him letters. The Stipler happened to be hard of hearing. Kiyodua, he, he is very very difficult for him to, to. So if you came to him during the week. Very often, people would write down what they want, you know, what the question is, or for a bracha. So somebody once came to him during the week, and it was during the sfira. Uh, it was it was during chalamayid, I think. It was during chalamayid. So he said, it was during chalamayid. So he said to the stipler, you know, I want a bracha. So the stipler couldn't hear it. Is that? So the problem was he couldn't write it down because it was Chalamayid. The Stiper didn't let people write in Chalamayid in front of him. So he didn't know what to do. So he had a good chap. He went to the Amud where there was a Vesein Bracha sign. He took it off the Amud and he said, this is what I need, Vesein Bracha. And the Stiper smiled and he gave him a Bracha. But, but most people wrote him letters. And these letters were gathered 
or at least the answers to the letters that the stipler gave him, gave these, all these many, many thousands of people were answered, and they were compiled in a sefer called Kraina de Igrisa. Kraina de Igrisa. We have three volumes in Yeshiva. I think that's all there are. And it's very, and when I was a Bachra, I had a Seder learning Kraina, during Musa Seder, I would learn Kraina de Igrisa. And a lot of it is very harif, it's very sharf, it's very, uh, a lot of, you know, things that are very hard for us in America to digest. Uh, but the Seipler, it was t- talking to, I guess, pr- primarily B'nai Eretz Yisrael. It was really, you know, hardcore, you know, everything. No, you know, if you look in there, you know, don't look too hard because he's not too fond of college, but, um, but, and other things. But anyway, one of the, one of the letters was, and it's titled, it's, if you want to look it up, it's in Chelek Aleph, letter Memhe, 45. It says, Sveikas be'amuna va'etz l'slazeh. You have a suffolk in Amuna. Rachman al-Litzlan, many people, even Yeshiva Bachram, sometimes have Sveikas in Amuna. I cannot tell you how many times people have come to my table here in Yeshiva over the last two decades and telling me that they have Sveikas in Amuna, they don't believe or if they do believe, they're not sure if they believe in the Rabbeinu Shalom, in Hashkacha Pratis, in whatever. Very often, by the way, it comes from the fact that they're looking online at websites that are very, very anti-Tyra. I'm not going to say the names of these websites, but it's written by dis, disgruntled Yeshiva Bachram, disgruntled uh, from a Yidin, they know the Shprach, they know how to speak in a yeshivish way, and they'll write about their Kfira and their Minos and about their, and, or they'll undermine Emunas Chachamim, they'll speak against G'day Yisrael. And the more that you imbibe, the more you, you digest this Kfira that you find, on the, I don't think anyone necessarily is going to a library and taking out dusty books on philosophy and, uh, you know, I don't think that's the way people get their information these days. I think it's much easier. You know, they Google it, and and if you could find anything on the internet, and they could break apart your amuna, post by post, comment by comment. You know, on on all the ikre hadas and all the from bria Sa'ilam to matan to to kriyas yamsof to eser makis to to. Uh, to Hanukkah, to Purim, to anything. They could rip everything apart with a couple of lines of comments or whatever. And you have to be extremely, extremely careful to avoid those sites with, any, with anything that you can. You know, we always think of the Internet as the biggest threat of the Internet is, is, is Gile Arias. And it is a tremendous temptation, obviously. It's very, very... It, it kills also a lot of Bachram. But... More so, in a sense, Gila Reyes is a terrible thing, but you could stay religious, you could still daven to the Rabbani Shalom after Gila Reyes. But to, to, it's very hard to stay religious, to daven, and to learn, and to take Yiddishkeit seriously after mm-hmm. you're exposed to Avedi Zara, Kfiris, and Minas. Kfir and Minas. What do you, so the first thing that we have to do is not look at those sites. Okay? I hope I didn't invite people, make people curious looking at those sites by talking about it, but I, I don't think anyone in this room or on Torah anytime is going to, uh, is, is in that gather. So we're just saying that don't even casually look at sites. If you're curious, if you don't, stay away from them. As soon as you see it, 
you know, just like you would if you saw schmutz, you have to right away, you know, shut the computer off and throw it out your window. That's what you should do for Avedezara also. It's, it's much worse, in a sense, to be exposed to Avedezara than Gilarais. That's not a cool on Gilarais, that's a Chumran Avedezara. Don't think, okay, fine, so if I have a choice, no, you don't have a choice of either. Obviously, but Avedizara is very. Don't think. Well, I don't see any schmutz on this side. It must be mutter. It's not mutter. It's it's very usher and it's very it's exceedingly usher because it, it's something that's very hard to get out of your brain. And this is what Bachram come to me about. You know about how do I get it out? I have it in my in my head. I read this about that. I read that about this. I have this. You know, Ashkaf already shaku in my brain because I exposed myself to this and that. What do I do now? That's a tough question. How do you, you know, I can't spray something in somebody's face to make them forget what they saw. So what do you do? So Baruch Hashem, we have a stipler in the world. I wouldn't know what to tell somebody, but the stipler does know it. And, you know, he, he's the Makara of, of, of Tyre Misenai, of the Ahmed Ha'ira, the Ahmed of, of, of Ashkafas HaTayra and Yerushamayim in the world. Bidvar HaShe'ela Bi'ish Echad. A person asked me, He has questions, he has doubts about So he says, I'm going to answer you. And first he describes how the whole concept of being of Kfira, he says, comes from these fakas and Muna, the site is Gaiva, he says, which is who are you to say that the Rabbi, you have Sveikas and Amuna, you're going against the Rabbi Nishalem. It's all Gaiva. You feel like you have the ability to have Gaiva. And, and basically he says it comes from your childhood. You already felt that you had Gaiva from a childhood. And so it continues and it comes to Sveikas and Amuna. Obviously the Stipler didn't even have, he didn't, they didn't have internet back then. He didn't have uh, even a, a, you know, an inkling that it would be so easy for us today to be exposed to the internet. So we have to come up with ideas, how you have Sveikas and Amun. It must be from, you know, from Gaiva. No, it doesn't have to come, today it doesn't have to be Gaiva. It could be an Anav and still just like casually be surfing the web and you come across a million things about, about which, which puts in your brain Sveikas and Amunah. So the stipler says as follows. He says... It's a terrible Avera to have a Suffolk in Amunah. Once you fall into it, he's already an honest. He can't even help himself anymore. He's drowning. You caused it on yourself. He says, I'm going to give you a few tikkunim what to do about it. If you are plagued by Sveikas and Amuna, and hopefully nobody in this room is, but if you are, if sometimes, you know, you have questions, did HaKadosh Baruch Hu create the world? Is Tarim and Hashemayim? Is, did Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim really happen? Did the Asimayim? All these questions that unfortunately many people have Sveikas about, I'll give you some Tikkunim that will help a lot. L'chaper al-Avar hein l'shakein al-Habar. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good for you in the future. And the first thing that he says is, Ha'echa lishmar Shabbos ma'id b'chal dikdukav. By keeping Shabbos ma'id, not just keeping, we all keep Shabbos. Everybody in this room keeps Shabbos. But to keep Shabbos ma'id, keeping Shabbos properly, really, 
with all the dikdukim, with all being machmir in every little thing, being medaktik on every little thing about Shabbos, every malacha, you don't know if you can or you can't, then don't. People say, I don't know if I, you know, could I open this twist tie? Can I not open this twist tie? Is it okay? Is it not okay? Ah, I'm stumbling there, placing that are mekel. There might be, but you but be, be, be medactic. Know if you can or you can. Know if it's mutter to open a, a bottle, to open a can on Shabbos. You have a misery that you can, great. But if you don't or you don't know, then figure it out. Take a safer, learn it. And certainly you shouldn't speak any dvarim betelim on Shabbos. If you're somebody that is, is, has sekes, even if you don't have sekes amunah, but if you have sekes and amunah, how do you keep Shabbos properly? How do you keep Shabbos properly? By being careful with what you speak about on Shabbos. When I was a Bach, I, I went very, very often to uh, my Rosh Hashiva of Aaron Shechter, who should have her full shlema. So the Rosh in Chaim Berlin. And you know, he has a tremendous hadras upon him. He had a beautiful white beard. And he invited me very often to come to his house for Shabbos. And on Shabbos, his face, which always glowed, glowed specially. And the way that Shabbos looked in his house is very different than I think many of us you know, were, ever saw a Shabbos table. There was no Devar and Betelim. It was the most enjoyable meal in the world, but without any Devar and Betelim. Basically, he would say the Zemmer before Kiddush, make Kiddush, we'd go wash, we'd come in and have Lecha Mishnah, we'd have some fish, no talking, then everybody would be given a Mekrais Kedailais, and whatever he was up to in, in his Maver Sedra on the Parsha, we would learn together a Ramban, or an Evan Ezra, or a Rashbam, or something, and then we'd close it, he'd say a Ara maybe on it, and then we'd go and we'd have the soup. Sing, sings Miris, and then we go from there, you know, to have a, take the Chumashim out again, learn a little bit more, and then have the main, and then have, a, after that, a more Chumash, more Zmiris, and then have dessert. There was no Dvar Betelim. There was no Lashonara. There was no schmoozing about what happened during the week, what happened in politics, what happened in the stock market, whatever. Nothing. Never saw such a thing in my life. It was pure Kedusha Shabbos, without any Dvar Betelim. It can't be done. And it makes Shabbos, I'm not saying that you have to do it or that you will do it, but if you find that you have a problem with Amuna, this is the way to be Mechaper for it. By, by doubling down on whatever you do for Shabbos, do it more, do it better, do it earlier, do it with a, with a love, with a passion. Learn the halachas of Shabbos. Where does the stipler get this from? Where does the stipler get this? That, that if you have Sveikas and Amuna, you should learn you should keep Shabbos Ma'id. The Gemara that we started with, V'amr Chazal, Da'ashaymer Shabbos Kelchasai, Kelchasai, Afilo Eved Avedizar Kedar Enesh Meichonai. Shabbos is the antidote that Chazal tell us for Avedizara. What do you think this is? When you have Sveikas and Muna, that's Avedizara. Basically you have, okay, maybe it's a Suffolk Avedizara, but it's Avedizara. It all stems from Avedizara. These questions that we have in our head, if we should have them, and we want to get rid of them, we have to, we want to wash off our brain. We want to, like, take our brain out of our head, scrub it down, and put it back in so we don't have these Sveikas and Amuna that are haunting us and that are bothering us, that are pestering us. We shouldn't have had it in the first place. That's the truth. We should never look at these websites. We should never take books or magazines or listen to podcasts or whatever it might be that speak about other religions or comparative religions. Or if you're taking any courses in this yeshiva, I don't think we give any, any courses that have any meanings. But if they are, then, then come to me, let me know, and we'll stop it right away. 
One of the great things that we always pride ourselves about in the yeshiva is that, like Dr. Lando of Hashem say, it's chulen shenas al taras hakaidish. That it's chulen, but with kedusha. If there is any kfira minus apikorsis that you find the teacher is spouting, then come to us or come to the dean, and we'll deal with it. And it's a very, very important thing to understand not to expose yourself to. Once you expose yourself to it, it never gets out of your brain. It's very similar to Gila Arayas. Once you see a, a bad thing on, you know, you'll never get it out of your brain. You'll always remember that. It'll always come back to you, generally at the worst possible times when you're davening like Elon Yom Kippur or something. That's when, these, when, when all this stuff comes you know, racing into your head. That's why the Hasidish Svarim say that when you're clapping al chait on, on, on Yom Kippur, you know, all the, all the viduyim, and you, you know, and you get the, you have your arts girl, and you have your super arts girl, with all the, all the, the many averis, and the alephs, and the bays, and the gimels, and your mom is going through all of them, they all speak very graphic stuff about, you looked at this, and you read lewd material, and you saw this, and you looked at that, and you gazed at, you know, and, and you're like, oh my, you know, says, that's not so good, like, do it quicker. Do the vidoy quicker. Understand what you're saying. Go weiter. Because once you're starting thinking about lewd material, you're going to start chazering a whole year of, of lewd material, or maybe a few years of lewd material, on, on Yom Kippur. He says, you don't, you're going to be deeper in the mud after your vidoyim than you were even before your vidoyim. So you have to clap al and move on. You did tshuva quickly and move on. Move, move, move. Don't like start thinking about, yeah, I had these lewd thoughts. No, no, because then you're going to start remembering it. Avaydazara is very similar. Avaydazara also, you, th- you hear something, it might be when you're a young bacher, it might be yesterday, it might be today. You hear something, it goes into your brain, you'll never get it out. So the first thing you should do if you want to avoid Sveikas and Amunas is, is batten down the hatches. Don't allow any, any Avaydazara, any minas, any apicorses to come into your world into your ears, into your eyes. That's the first thing to do. That's, that's a sur meirah. But if you already did it, now it's in. What do I do now? How do I get rid of it? Shabbos. Shabbos is the makar bracha. If anything can get it out, it's keeping Shabbos, but not keeping Shabbos like we always do. We always kept Shabbos. That didn't help because we're not keeping Shabbos properly. Keeping Shabbos properly is a, is a revaren shechter dika Shabbos. It's a Shabbos that your mamish you feel Kedusha Shabbos. If you're, if you're jumping at, you know, if you're doing Shabbos with your Lashon with your jokes, and with your Shmutz, and with your, and then you're reading, you know, this newspaper and that magazine, I'm talking about even the From magazines, quote-unquote. You know, the Amis and the Mishpachas and the Mudiyas and the Yatad and all that, you know, if you, it's better, obviously, than the other stuff. If you have to read something and you can't learn, it's much better, but it's also full of all the stuff. It's full of, you know, business, and, and it's not Shabbistic. It's not Shabbistic. So avoid all that. Try to keep Shabbos holy. It has to be holy. Not another day that you're off from yeshiva, off from work, off from... It has to be a day that we make Kaddish. We find Kedusha in Shabbos. And when we make it Kaddish then we could have a mechila for all the Avedazaras, the Cheta Egel, the Dar Enesh, the Hairaz the, Heter. The, the we think it's okay what we're doing. It's not okay. But the way that we get it out of our system is by keeping Shabbos and by keeping Shabbos Kilchasot. He gives other eights as well to say, He says to say the Parshas HaTamid before davening starts and before Mincha. 
He has a reason for that. Also, he says, I saw in Svar Makadeshim that reading Shiras Hazinu every day also is very good for getting rid of. But the main thing is Shabbos. The main thing is Valkulam is keeping Shabbos properly. And when we're able to keep Shabbos properly, that is the way to do it. Now, keeping Shabbos properly means that you have to be with the right Chevra. It means you have to be with Bnei Taira. You know, if you go home every Shabbos and you're wondering, hey, why am I not? Unless your home is, is, is a home that's taka like we're describing. But if it's a regular home, then you're, it's a good chance you're not going to be able to keep Shabbos properly. And I'm appealing to you a million times over, a million times over, we discussed this in previous Shabbosas, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I want that after Pesach, we should make a concerted effort to come back, COVID is over, and to come back to Yeshiva every single Shabbos. Unless you have a brother's bar mitzvah or a, or a best friend's afrof, you should be in Yeshiva on Shabbos. We have to make Yeshiva great again on Shabbos. Okay, and I'm not necessarily a Republican, but you have to, we have to make Yeshiva great again. It was great. We used to have five tables, long tables full of guys before COVID. And now, because Shiatira, we have like, you know, I don't want to describe online what we have. But it's, it's, it's very schwach. I don't know what everybody's thinking. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what, like, happened, what COVID did to us. But we have to come back again. We have to come to Yeshiva, make Yeshiva Geshmak, make it holy, make it this avir that we could go down to Seder and learn Friday nights. In the winter, we could learn a whole night Friday night. You know, six, seven hours of learning Beritzifos. These Shabbosas, now they're, they're getting later. So you have a Shabbos afternoon to learn. You, you rest a little bit. You learn a little bit. You have Fabreng together with your friends. He sings Miras. You have a Tish. That's what Yeshiva is all about. Yeshiva is the most the best part of Yeshiva Shabbos. And you have to learn Hilcha Shabbos. That's another thing. You have to learn Hilcha Shabbos. Hilcha Shabbos is very difficult. But Baruch Hashem, we live in times that if you can't learn Mishnah Bura, if you feel that it's too complicated, or even Kitzah Shulchan Aruch, or even uh, the Lama Tess Malachas book, we have, there are many Svarim, Arts Girl has a great series that I give out a lot as Bar Mitzvah presents, or as Chasna presents, or as Engagement presents, it's Reb Simcha Bunim Kain's um, work on Shabbos. It's about, it's, they sell it in a box set. It's not so expensive, like $100 during the sale for a whole box of them. And you have one volume on the Shabbos kitchen. Every Shabbos, you learn by the table. My home, we learn by the table. Very often, Shabbos kitchen. So you know about Chazara, you know about Hatamani, you know about Bayer, you know about Tzchita, you know about all these things. You learn, it's very easy. You learn a couple, it's in English. There's how, you know, the footnotes are alumdish in, in the, on the bottom, you want to look that, you know, you, you, you want to do a little more research, you'll read the bottom, but you have everything clean, plain, simple, summarized, beautiful, you work away, you know, after reading it for five minutes, you know everything you need to know in the kitchen. And then there's a whole volume just on Amir La'akam. Then there's a, every single volume has, is gold, and you have to know these things, but it's, it's not the hardest thing in the world today to know Hilcha Shabbos. Maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, know Hilcha Shabbos, I remember we had to learn Mishnah Bura, and then there was like one English sefer called Rav Shimon Eider, he was, you know, he had a two-volume set, The Laws of Shabbos, it was like in a typewritten font, and it was like so complicated. My Rebbe used to test us on the Mishabura and that, and it was like so hard to put every, all the pieces together. Today, everything is so easy. You just have to get the book. We have it in Yeshiva. You, can take, you don't have to buy it if you don't want, have the money. You should own it, but if you don't... And you can learn Hilcha Shabbos. And you can know Hilcha Shabbos pretty well with these svarim. 
You're not going to necessarily be a Pisic from it, but you'll, you'll know enough not to be Mechal Shabbos through it. Or you should learn, if you can hold, if you learn Mishnah Burah, that's even better, of course. But there's so many halachas we need to know. You know, a lot of the girls know Hilchah Shabbos backwards and forwards. They learn this in high school. They learn it in seminary. It's busyness. Guys, we don't learn Hilchah. We don't teach Hilchah Shabbos. You have halachas say there, you know, five minutes every morning. And, you know, how many people, you know, actually come to it and chazer and know it. And it's important to know Hilchah Shabbos before you get married. So you should start learning Hilchah Shabbos that also. But have Shabbos Bikdushas of And that will be a kapara. The Cheta Egal, Meish Rabbeinu, gathers Klal Yisrael and tells the masses, here's what you got to do to get a kapara for Hilchah Shabbos, for, for Avedizar, for the Egal. Learn Shabbos. Sheish Yisrael Mteyasa Malacha. And nothing has changed throughout history. We have all of these types of, of Avedizaris in our own life. That's what I was alluding to before. Rebuchan Masterman says, not just Avedizara. Not, no, I don't think Chas anyone has... You know, thoughts about Islam, Christianity, Hindu, Buddha, with all this garbage. No one's thinking that. But we sometimes do get very caught up in the isms of life. Isms. What are isms? Communism, socialism, Bundism. Like there's many, there's different things. Zionism, I'll throw in, you know, even though it's probably going to get me in trouble. There's, there's a lot of different isms in life that become a religion in and of themselves. Doesn't mean you can't love Eretz Yisrael. But you don't have to like get caught up in the religion of Zionism and make by you know like the the founders of Zionism with Gedalia Elam and they they're infallible and they you know there's a lot of problems with Zionism. It's not the, the Medina is not a perfect state, believe it or not. So we do we we're not Chasvashalom Kanaim against it. We don't take to the streets against it. We don't we don't have to you know like glorify it. It's an ism. It's an avedizara like any other avedizara. Communism is also an avedizara. Not, not, you're not worshiping a, a, a geshka. You're not worshiping an idol. But you're 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 putting your whole life into this belief, into a belief system that's not in the Torah. It's an amuna in something other than the Torah. That's avedizara. That's a that's a worship that's foreign to the rabbi Shalom. And we have so many, some people, it's republicanism, democratism. You know, some people, their whole life is sugar with, you know, where they listen to talk radio about this conservative side or the liberal side, and they're all fatumaling, they're always hacking about politics and Trump and, and you know, and Biden and, you know, all this, that's, that's what we should be busy with. That's what you're, that's your whole halachielach in life, and that's also shtiklavay If you have all of these isms in your life, it's okay to know politics, but you don't have to, like, make it, uh, you know, your meshugaladavar echa, that all you think about all day is politics. Who cares about it? It's not that important. What is important is Avaya and Rava and Ramam and Raivet and, 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 and Mishnabura and, 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 and Yechavidas. That's what's important. You're, you're, you're spending your precious time and brain cells on, on garbage? That's Avedizara. How do you get out of the Avedizara? Not by keeping Shabbos the way we're keeping Shabbos with our newspapers. That's that's why Avedizara bring Avedizara into Shabbos. You do it by learning Tyra and by singing Zmiris, by making a tish together, and by and you want to read read Gedalim books a little bit. It's not going to kill you. That's a nice thing to do on Shabbos afternoon. It's fine, but but to do to bring Avedizara into Shabbos is so it's it's mamish like Taiva Vesharitz Biyade. It's like you're trying to go to the mikvah and you're, you're holding a sharetz in your hand. I, whenever I say that, I have to, I have to, oh, sorry, I have to, you know, once I was brushing my daughter's teeth when, when they were little, I used to brush their teeth. And, um, and you know, because I didn't trust them, you know, because I knew when I was a kid, I would just turn the water on and brush my teeth. So I wanted to make sure my kids didn't do that to me. So I, you know, I held the, I held their cheek, I was like scrubbing, scrubbing, scrubbing. And with one daughter, all of a sudden, they stood online like waiting for me to brush their teeth. 
and one daughter all of a sudden like like something red like fell out of her mouth. I thought for sure I cut her tongue. I was brushing too hard, and I like the tongue popped out. And I look on the floor, and it's a sucking candy. I said, "What are you doing? I'm brushing your teeth, and you're sucking candy." That's You're going to the mikvah. You're holding a sheretz. But that's what it's like to go to go into the mikvah, which is Shabbos, and you're holding the sheretz. You're going right there. You're reading your stuff, and you're reading your, your you know. And that's something that we have to very, very much be, be... I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me also. It's something we have to... Come Shabbos, and most of the sedra is, you know, there's very little rashis because it's all pretty much chazara of Trumatitzava. So there's one thing always to speak about, there's one thing to focus on, and that's Shemir Shabbos. And if we're able to do that, then we'll be able to find a kapara for all that, all the Abay Dezar that constantly is plaguing us. Okay, have a, have a wonderful Shabbos.